Welcome to the John Cast Podcast with the abrupt intro ending. This is episode number 56 of the podcast. Pretty excited about this one. But first, I need to go check out Ian's Pizza in Madison. They've got three locations. They've got the mac and cheese pizza. It's always a fan favorite. They've got the brisket and tots. They've got constant new slices coming in and out of Ian's Pizza. So you go check out Ian's Pizza. Like I said, three locations in Madison. Also in Milwaukee, me and Julio is a fine sponsor through the end of this month with this program. Me and Julio just had the podcast party with Dana Redke as the guest. We raised some money for Journey Mental Health Center, over $1,200. And you can go check out uh, kind of like a highlight package from that event uh, at johncastpodcast.com. It's on my YouTube uh, as well. And also check out johncastpodcast.com. I've teamed up with Scotty t-shirts to bring you some Wisconsin sports themed t-shirts that you can try out. Oh, and one more thing. I'm giving away tickets to the American Family Insurance Championship in Madison, June 4th through the 12th at University Ridge. So one pair of tickets is at stake this week. It's a Twitter contest. So you can go to John Audius Radio on Twitter or you can find the link at johncastpodcast.com and just you know, link it to the Twitter and just retweet that for your chance at this week's pair of tickets to the AmFam Championship. They just announced the Celebrity Foursome last week with Jeter and, and Favre and Andy North and Julie Inkster. So uh, that's going to be a fun, fun event. Well, today's guest is entering his fourth season in the NFL after a career at Wisconsin that saw him block for one of the best ground attacks in the country. He's playing in his first season with Miami this upcoming year with the Dolphins. Yes, after signing with the Dolphins in the offseason. In his charity softball game, Battle for Wisconsin, with uh, his opponent Sam Decker, is this July at Warner Park in Madison. I'd like to welcome Alec Ingold to the John Cast podcast. What's going on, Alec? Hey, you started talking about Ian's Pizza. I almost had a flashback, man. That's That was like my introduction to Madison cuisine was the mac, the mac and cheese pizza from Ian's. We'd go down his state wrestling tournament, and it was like we threw our bags down on on the freaking uh the hotel bed. It was like a beeline who could get there fastest. Like that was <laughs> it was a contest trying to get that slice of pizza, man. So I just had a huge blast of nostalgia when you were, you were uh, pitching that. That was that was a good time, man. Yeah. Thankful thankful to be on here. Yeah, thanks for jumping on here. And you're right, Ian's Pizza Man, um, just the mac and cheese, whatever. I always get there's like a barbecue one too. That I get, oh man, there's just so many to choose from. And then you're always going through them. You're like, uh, maybe this one this time. I don't know. But yeah, bringing back memories for Alex. So, what's your off season like? What, what's been going on with you? Shoot, we just finished up OTAs, man. Um, well, like today, I had an OTA. So, um, we're about halfway through, I'd say. We've had a, a little bit of a grinder, not going to lie. Um, it's South Florida humidity is, is tough. It's not like Wisconsin, and it's not like Las Vegas. So I'm trying to trying to get used to it. I kind of just wake up. I start sweating. We start working out, and you shower, and then you're kind of just it, – it's 90 degrees and 100% humidity out here, and I'm going to have to get used to it because we're playing ball games in August, September, October uh, down here in Miami. We're going to be running a lot, and uh, we're going to need to be conditioned quite well, no doubt. You've had some uh, some pretty nice locations you've been able to spend your short NFL career at. Some warm spots, a little different than than Wisconsin, is, hasn't it been? I mean, I spent the first 22 years of life in Wisconsin, so I feel like the last four have been, you know, <laughs> Oakland, Vegas, Miami. We're, we're making up for lost time here in the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So uh, the ACL rehab, where, where are you at with that? Uh, shoot, I mean, we're coming in, like, I think today, honestly, might be six months today. Uh, post-op so um you know ideally have two more months left to go uh of this whole deal so i can be ready to go for training camp 
you know, as soon as we get going and get rolling, I'll be ready to go. So right now I'm just out there running ladder drills, doing change of direction, sprinting, cutting, jumping. Like I, I'm, I'm moving now. I'm getting there. I'm starting to do football specific drills again. So, uh, man, it's uh, not too many bumps in the road. Very yeah. thankful for that. But it, it's been a grind. I'd say these last six months has been a test to say the least. It seems nowadays if you're a professional athlete, obviously you're going to get injured, especially in the game of football, right? I think everybody gets injured, but it, it just seems like knee injuries are just even more commonplace. That could just be more exposure to them. I, I don't know if the, what the statistics actually say, but my point of this being there's a, probably a lot of people you could lean on when, when dealing with something like this. Have you been able to do that? Yeah, I think a big one is uh, Raheem Mostert, like in the running back room with us. So being able to talk to him, pick his brain. He's been in the league eight, nine years now, an undrafted cat out of, of Purdue. Um, obviously has had some breakout seasons, but he's had injuries uh, in the past. We're both going through knee injuries right now um, that we're coming back from. So just leaning on him, getting that advice. I mean, you're in the league for four years, but you're still you know, a guy that's been there twice as long as you. You want to learn as much as you can and just be a sponge around guys like that. So I'd say that's the guy right now I'm leaning on the most, just – uh, in constant communication with, but yeah, you can go across the locker room, man, and just like knee, shoulder, hip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys have been through it. That's no doubt about that. Um, not necessarily leaning on someone because of an injury, but was there uh, a player that when you got to Wisconsin, was there a position group, uh, a players, a, a coach or somebody that you kind of leaned on to say, hey, okay, now how do I do this college thing? Because it's going to be a little different from high school. Not necessarily, once again, the injury part, but just going to college football. Yeah, I think one of the craziest moments for me as you know a freshman coming in was you know, we're in the linebacker room and there were some injuries and stuff like that. I'm sitting right next to Chris Orr, and I remember one conversation during camp. I'm trying to understand how to play defense. I was a quarterback in high school. I'm trying to learn defense now, and I was like, man, Chris, like, you know, it, it would be nice to really like redshirt and like you know figure this whole thing out for a year. You know, you make some plays. He said, bro, I'm, I'm trying to start like week one. And I, as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, this man's like perspective, his mindset's a little different than mine. Like I got to catch up. I like, we're both freshmen. We're, we're kind of buddy, buddy system. And that man's mindset, I mean, he was, he was starting, you know, by week two of his freshman year and obviously had an amazing career. So that, that conversation right there, I don't know if it was, uh, if he remembers it or, or what, but that stuck with me forever. Like now, when you're an undrafted guy, you know, I had to carry that mindset, like, I'm going to make this team. I'm going to be a starter on this team. So, um, you know, that man impacted me quite a bit. And it wasn't like an older guy. It was the guy right, right. next to me um, coming in together. So it was pretty cool. I was going to say, you've got, have you, have you not talked to him about this? Because that, that mindset, not only for Wisconsin, but like you said, in the NFL, heck, that mindset's going to be around the rest of your life. It, it was one of those conversations that impacts you and sticks with you forever. So I'm yeah. glad I could share it on the pod, but yeah. He knows, you know, we were Bash Bros 50 and 51 as soon as we came into to school together. Um, so, man, we uh, we had some good times, not going to lie. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him right now in the USFL. He's the the leader of the defense, surprised to nobody in the state of Wisconsin that he's doing his thing out there in the USFL and um, making plays. And it's like the best team in the USFL right now is his, is his team, the Generals. So why did you choose to play football at Wisconsin? What was that? Why did you ultimately choose the Badgers? <laughs> uh, why did I choose the Badgers or why did I choose football? <laughs> well, was well, uh, we'll cool. start with the Badgers. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, um, you know, I think that's the childhood dream, right? And I had an offer to play quarterback at NIU, and, and you kind of go through this process of, okay, do I do I live this childhood dream of being a quarterback in, in 
play Division One, or do I go to the biggest school that offered me uh, and, and see if I'm going to be good enough to make it to the league uh, one day? So having to make that decision at 18 years old is, is tough because you just want to play, play ball, play quarterback. But uh, it was one of the best decisions of my life. I was going into it 100% ready to sit on the bench for four years. And that redshirt senior year be that one year of that one opportunity. I said, as long as I get the opportunity, I'll be ready for it and, and I'll make the most of it. And, you know, it, it lasts about five months, four or five months while I was on campus. And then there were some injuries at running back. I switched over there and that was the opportunity and I was ready for it. So, um, yeah, that was a that was a crazy decision, a crazy sacrifice to just kind of be put your pride to the side and be like, I just want to be a football player. I want to live out this dream and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get on a football field. Yeah, whatever it takes, because like you said, you could have played quarterback then at uh, another school. And so what was that transition like for you to go from quarterback to linebacker and ultimately at fullback? Because did you have to get used to the contact being a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I tried to use every <laughs> wrestling lesson that I ever had in, in high school and translate it to the football field. I, I, I was never afraid of contact as a quarterback, but I was definitely taught to like run out of bounds every once in a while so we could just throw the ball the next play. So um, getting used to that, that, that combat type of sport. Um, yeah, I think it's, it was big trying to transition into that physicality, especially big 10 football, especially Wisconsin. Yeah. Did you, how much weight did you have to put on? Oh, I put on so much weight, dude. Like you, Ian's pizza was like <laughs> freaking my freshman year. I put on like 30 pounds as soon as I showed up, wow. like immediately. Like I, I did the freshman 15 in like two weeks. Uh, just lifting weights for the first time, nutrition for the first time. Uh, and then, yeah, it was, I went from like 215 to 230 to 240 like that. Wow. And what are you at right now? I'm, I'm back down to 230. I've been, I've been just living at that weight. Like I got there and yeah. that's where I've been for, you know, the past seven, eight years. That's crazy. So you didn't lift until college or, how, or did you lift sparingly I mean, or? No, we, we had a good lifting program at, at Bayport High School. I'm not going to like bash anything. Like, you know, we, we, bench squat power clean but you know it's it's a little bit more of your job in college right and it's it's right. kind of what um keeps you there and keeps you on a team so i got real competitive with it making sure guys across from me like chris or for one could squat a house and i'm like okay like i need to start squatting more and it just that competition man like you get yeah. in that locker room whether you're a freshman whether you're a senior you know where you want to be that competition is fierce and you got to embrace it for sure you know, Joe, I had Joe Thomas on the podcast last episode, and he talked about just all the food he had to eat as a pro and how all that weight came off um, when he didn't need it anymore. Um, is that something you have to deal with? What's it like to, to eat as a college athlete and now in the National Football League? Because I'm assuming you just you just don't stop eating. Yeah, I think you got to you take it seriously. And Joe Thomas yeah. is pros, pros, pro, right? Like he was like 13 years straight of like never missing a snap. So his nutrition is super important obviously you took it very seriously and you just try and learn from the guys around you 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 have a nutritionist that is working for you at wisconsin and now at the dolphins previously at the raiders and you, you just lean on that help there's a whole support staff of people there for you like i'm not an expert nutritionist but there's somebody there with a degree that i could listen to and, and just get a little bit better, get a little bit better by uh, eating the right things for sure uh, all right i got another wisconsin question for you because you played correct me if i'm wrong but Paul Chris was your coach your entire career? Yeah, okay. sir. So is there a side of Paul Chris that the fans don't get to see? And how would you describe uh, Coach Chris? What side of Paul Chris do you see that fans don't always see? Because we see him in the media, you know, answering questions and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I want to. I want to hear what you got. Like, I need some refreshers. So, could you let me know what you guys see in Coach Chris? Because then maybe that helps me, you know, differentiate yeah. the two. Okay. Well, I see a guy who's very successful, and he's kind of a no nonsense. This, I'm just going to coach. I'm not going to get in the the spotlight. I'm not going to, you know, promote that hard or whatever, or make a big deal about me. It's about the program. It's about winning. And the press conferences are always, well, this is just my opinion, Alec. They're they're. Uh, how do I, I'm trying to be nice there. Sometimes they, they get a little long, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause he's not trying to say anything. He's not trying to give anybody any ammo or anything like that. He's just answering yeah. questions. I think the best part about that is he doesn't care. <laughs> like yeah. that players, right. you love that. You love that from your coach. Like don't, he, he'll talk to us, right? He, he tells us like what the game plan is and, and what you said, no nonsense, like for sure. But if you think there isn't a competitive streak or like the will to win or holding the program like at an extremely high level and putting everyone, you know, there's a lot of coaches that run out the, the front of the tunnel and you see him just jog off to the side. Like he knows all that prep, all that work that they do, that whole coaching staff from you know, Sunday all the way till Saturday before kickoff. They put all that hay in the barn, they're prepping. And as soon as kickoff happens, it's the player's time to shine. And he puts us in the right position. And I know that's kind of like a cliche saying, and you're like, what are you trying to say? What are you not trying to say? What The difference between what people see in the media and then what the players see with Coach Chris is like, he is a fierce competitor. He's a competitive dude. He expects greatness out of his players as a high standard for all of us. And there's no... Um, when you say no nonsense, you could, you could kind of say like it gets... Um, you know, in the media, he might not speak. So like give you all the answers, right. but yep. no nonsense for a player means, you know, he has a high standard. He expects a lot of you and to be able to walk in his office at any time, the door is always open and you have that real man to man conversation. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think there's a lot of coaches and I explained this to some guys going through college. There's a lot of places that'll hold your hand. They'll bring you along. Right. And Coach Chris, the, their whole coaching staff, they will give you every opportunity to get better. But until you internalize that decision, until you decide for yourself, like, I want to be great, yeah, I'm going to do this the right way, that's what makes Wisconsin so great. They show you the way. They, they show you how to be great. There's blueprints everywhere, but you got to decide to walk through it. No one's going to hold your hand through that process. And that's why you see guys transition to the league. I mean, you see... JT and uh, TJ Watt, you know, they're, they're offensive defense player of the year candidates. And it's like, they learned the blueprint. They decided for themselves and you learned all of that at Wisconsin. You learned how to be a pro there. Hmm. Uh, pretty interesting. And now college sports in general, I'd love to get your thoughts real quick on name image likeness because I saw the SEC media days, uh, had a little back and forth with a couple of coaches there, but I mean, this, this NIL is, is changing things. How do you see it? Um, I'm a huge proponent of guys getting paid. I think that they bring a lot of value to the organization, to the city of Madison, to the fan bases. And if you can make a buck or two because of all the hard work you've put in in high school and the sacrifices you made, like, go for it. And I think Wisconsin is going to be in a great situation with the NIL because you, you recruit players that um, you know, have a certain standard and they're going to prioritize on-field before off-field, right? Mm -hmm. You have coaches that have played there, you have staff that have played there or have been a part of this program for so long that we're going to keep the program up here. And then those opportunities are going to come when you make plays, right? Like right. Um, the grit factory hats from Barstool, like that happened because of turnovers, right? And that's genuine. That's real. That's 
what Wisconsin stands for. And then the dude puts on a ball cap and says, this is a grit factory. Like, come on, let him make a couple bucks. Like he just, he just made a play for, you know, 84,000 screaming fans at Camp Randall. So um, I think Wisconsin's in a really good spot with NIL because I think they recruit guys that will prioritize on the field, being a student athlete. And then those off the field marketing opportunities are going to come after that. And I think that's the way you have to handle it. Hmm. Uh, so who was your favorite player growing up in the state of Wisconsin? Did you have a, a certain athlete that you looked up to, whether it's on the football field or, or another field? Um, Wisconsin specifically, I I think John Clay was like the dude when I was yeah. like starting my fandom of Wisconsin. But uh, the, the people that, you know, brought me love of the game was, was definitely Brett Favre first and foremost. Um, seeing how much fun that man had on a football field, like tackling his teammates and like running down just gunslinger, like, Come on now. Like that's that's um that's as good as it gets. And I feel like that people in Wisconsin, in the state of Wisconsin, we've been extremely blessed with the the football play uh, the past few decades now. So it's yeah. it's been fun to see. Have you I I'm correct I, I forgive me if I don't I, I don't know this, but did, have you played the Packers in your football uh, year? Yep. So we I played in my rookie year and then I'll play them this upcoming year as well. Okay. Okay. What was that like facing uh, a team that you kind of grew up with Brett Favre on and you had to you had to play against that team? Dude, it was it was cool. It was a uh, you know hallmark moment. It was it was really cool for the family and friends, right? Like sure. the the I swear half of the uh, half the stadium that day was from Howard Swamico, but <laughs> um, it, it was cool for everything. And I was so locked in on my assignment, what I have to do. I'm a rookie at that time. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to let down my teammates. I'm studying extra, so I put I put quite a bit into that game plan for sure. Just a little extra elbow grease and to make sure I I could do my job, but. Um, looking back on it, you see how special that was for the community there. And, and it was a fun time, except we lost by like 20. So it's <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> uh, aside from that, now you were uh, an undrafted rookie free agent uh, in the National Football League. And I, I thought I was watching um, a feature about you. Did you want to get into tech sales like as the draft? Can you explain what's going on there? You went to like a job fair. What's the timeline? Can you set that up for me? And then did I did I want to get into Texas? No, I didn't <laughs> want to get into Texas. Didn't want to? Okay. My my parents gave me a, a little sit down conversation after um yeah you know, my junior year didn't go as planned didn't didn't do very well um, playing ball um mm -hmm. went through some things and coming back you know into that senior year that that summer before it was like dude you you know if, if this doesn't work out if you don't have a great senior year you're gonna have to get a job and. Um, that's not like a bad thing, but I just had to go to a job fair and kind of take that. You know, I tried to prepare and use all of those tools that we learn as student athletes and, um, use all of those, those support staff and people there in the Fetzer center and do the best I could. And yeah, you go to a job fair, you see Oracle software and you see a line down the, like, I had no idea what Oracle was. And it's like, yeah. probably, probably should have known that one. So I Google <laughs> it quick. I, I sign up, I crush a couple interviews and they're like, here's, here's a job. And I said, can we just hold on to that for a second? Like I need to go play professional football, see if I can make the team. Right. Like, uh, so I did that my, before my senior year, I accepted the job offer. I played my whole senior year out. I went from, you know, on no one's radar to, you know, combine invite, senior bowl invite the whole nine yards. And you end up going undrafted and they're like, all right, Alex, like you didn't get drafted. What's the deal? I was like, can, can we just hold on to this offer for like, you know, two months? I got to go to training camp, see if I get a job. And then, uh, yeah, my running back coach called me in, told me I got the job. I'd be starting week one against 
Von Miller and the Broncos on Monday Night Football. And my next call was to my parents, and the call after that was to Oracle. I said, I, I don't need this job anymore. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you all later. Um, Is the job so, still on hold, or did they just say, we're done with you? Uh, yeah, no, they were like, we're not holding this forever, brother. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm done with that one for sure. I need to know what you said in that interview because this is what I imagine. In the line, this looks like a company. You know, you yeah. Google, you search, you're like, okay, now I have some info. And then you crush an interview and get a job offer? Like, how did you do that? So I kind of skipped a couple steps here. Oh, you know, okay, okay. We had, we had a couple phone interviews. So, you know, you sign up, you sign your email or whatever. They, they send you an email. I do a, like one phone call interview and it's a sales, a sales shop. So they're just trying to figure out who, what type of person you are. Sure. So we're asking a couple of questions and he could tell I had no idea what text, like I had no idea what Oracle was. Yeah. He's like, so I'm, I'm just going to, I really like you, but like, let's just maybe research Oracle a little bit more, like figure out what industry you're actually getting into. Yeah. Uh, let's do another phone interview in like a week or two. So second phone interview, he's like, okay, here we go. You're on the right page. Let's do an in-person interview, you know, a couple of weeks from there, walk into the in-person interview, all suited up, like yeah. tie on and everything crush it they're like listen you got the job celebrate you know we'll send you an email soon i'm bumping home uh, off right down university on my nissan pathfinder just rocking out just like let's go and um yeah eventually i was able to to email back and say uh no thanks we're we're gonna play some ball wow that's crazy and you're gonna be a fullback a fullback what is the position of fullback in the nfl where is it at right now because not not everybody uses a fullback as exclusively as uh, other teams do. And I know in Miami, um, they, they need a fullback for their offense. Yeah, I think it's coming back into style. Um, okay. I think, you know, Kyle Juszczyk, number one, is the dude that's keeping this thing alive. Him and Pat Ricard, they've been, you know, pro bowlers the past few years in a row now. Juice has been like six straight. You got CJ Ham, Derek Watt, you know, KB. There's, there's a number of guys that are, are playing really good. Um, fullback football right now yeah. and defenses are trying to get fast they're trying to circle a defense they're trying to have linebackers that can run sideline to sideline 4-4 cover a tight end up the seam those guys you know how are they going to do and that third linebacker comes in to play against 21 22 32 personnel right when you get really heavy so being able to kind of exploit those different areas I think that's what makes the fullback special unique it's a little bit of a how do I put it like it's like a little bit of a change up, right? Like it's not your main bread and butter all the time, but right. teams that can run outside zone, uh, Mike McDaniel, the Kyle Shanahan tree, like like we're going to run the ball. So um, it's exciting to be a part of an organization and a team that that wants to run the ball like this. Yeah, and Wisconsin kind of helped prepare you. You mentioned another Watt name in there with Derek Watt, but Wisconsin kind of, you know, with their philosophy of, of, of running the football in this great stable of running backs, did, did that help at all? It helped the running back, the RBU, the standard of Wisconsin, extremely high. You, yeah. you learn, you learn just in general how to be a pro. But those spring practices, when I had to, you know, TJ Watt and I were, he was switching from tight end to linebacker. I was switching from linebacker to fullback. We had a spring football, and he just he ran me over a number of times. And, and <laughs> um, Vince Beagle would go up and under against me. Joe Schobert, like I got, I got to block. Zach Bond, a number of All-American oh. linebackers, and we developed quite a bit. You know, TJ Edwards, another one, Ryan Connolly, Jack Sitchie, you know, Chris Orr. I can go down the list, right? And, um, you know, that's the that's the competitiveness you get with Wisconsin. And I remember those spring practices, hand in the ground, just dripping sweat, and you're like, 
I know somebody else is tired. So, so we're both going to, we're both tired. We're both going to get better through this. And, you know, that mindset, that development, that iron sharpens iron, you know, no avoiding competition type of deal that hardens you for the NFL for sure. And that's, that's what you need that you need something like that to be able to survive in the NFL and to be able to do right over and over and over again. Are you, have you thrown a pass yet in the league? <laughs> I was, I was very close. Um, okay. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but Josh Jacobs beat me out on a, a little pit field. So um, we had to scratch that for, for me. I think anytime I'm in the backfield by myself, someone's going to know what's up. Like something, something's different, but yeah, no, I was, I was a little, I was a little uh, upset about that one for sure. Think it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to throw a touchdown, right? I mean, eventually. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's, it's coming. It's yeah. coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it, it'll, it'll come. It'll yeah, come. For sure. <laughs> um, you know, I noticed one thing during the pandemic that you did that. I thought was kind of cool. Mindset Mondays. Are you still doing Mindset Mondays? And can you tell me about that and why you decided to do that um, on social media? I kind of fell off with the Mindset Mondays. I, you know, I don't know, just consistent, consistency on social media is, is huge, right? You got you to gotta be consistent with it. And uh, with my injury, with my you know little setback right now, I'm putting a lot of energy, a lot of effort in uh, football, right? And Mindset Monday was definitely something where we're in the pandemic. There's a lot of athletes that are losing out on opportunities, losing out on senior years. And I just really thought of the idea, like, what would I tell my senior year self if I was going through this? And some people decided to like it, um, you know, whether they could take that advice if they were, you know, entrepreneurs or if they're just working their jobs and trying to get through things or, or they were an athlete. You know, I think a lot of people hit home on just trying to do right, trying to be consistent, all those character traits that you just kind of develop. Right. And so I just wanted to kind of create, you know, a little video series. It was like a minute every Monday. And um, it, it was pretty cool to see the feedback of, you know, um, just people trying to do good, trying to do right, trying to be better than they were yesterday. And, you know, there's no secret to success. It's just hard work, consistency, um, you know, writing down a goal and chasing it. Right. And I think those messages, as simple as they might sound, um, having a, a Monday reminder, like when you're feeling tough and it's like you got to have that extra cup of coffee, maybe yeah. we, can, we can watch a Mindset Monday video on top of it. Okay, here's my idea for you then. Um, you record like 20 of them. Mm. You, you take like a Saturday afternoon, probably a couple of changes of shirts or whatever. And then throughout the season, you know, preseason and the regular season, it's Mindset Mondays. And then you don't have to worry about the content because it's already done. And then we get, we get more mindset nope. stuff from you. How about that? I, I like that idea. We'll build up a little bank. We'll, yeah. We'll find it this off season and let's, let's freaking get after it. We'll, yeah. You don't have to do it, you know. 12 months a year you can do it just during the season kind of a mindset monday deal the season of life that we're in right like you freaking we're grinding we're learning lessons develop yeah. it a little bit sharpen the axe sharpen the blade yeah Let's go to work. yeah uh and you'll be going to work in your charity <laughs> softball game july 9th at the duck pond warner park in madison against team sam decker can you tell me a little bit about this uh, charity softball game battle for wisconsin yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped about this. We had a um, you know, there there's different there's different charity events. There's different you know foundation things we can do, right? But when it comes to the football and the basketball alumni getting back together, we haven't had anything like it. And I, I just kind of wanted to create a fun tradition that supports the foundation. We're we're trying to give back financial literacy, professional development for the underserved community of Madison, right? Like getting those kids that might not get the, the personal finance or might not have the people teaching them um, or, or have the, 
those people that are, you know, in their ear about how important a debit card is or a credit card and how to do things right. You know, I think all of those lessons are super important and having some Wisconsin football and basketball alumni in their ears talking about how important that is uh, could only do good for, for the entire community. So we got a bunch of guys coming back into town, a bunch of the alumni. We're all, you know, hopping back in, in these planes, trains, automobiles, whatever, getting back to Madison, Wisconsin, beautiful summer weekend. We're going to play some ball, man, have a family-friendly event and play some ball, hit some dingers, have some fun with the fans, uh, get some merchandise and memorabilia out for y'all, um, and really just try and create a cool tradition where we're supporting the community, we're supporting the university, we're supporting um, you know, all of Madison, Wisconsin, underserved community, financial literacy, good stuff, man. Just, yeah. just, a fun, just a fun night, fun weekend. That's what it is. It's fun. It's a fun weekend. The charity softball game. And you can go to battle the number four Wisconsin.com. If you're watching on Spotify or on YouTube, I've brought up the website already. Gates open at 530 on July 9th. Home run derby at 630. First pitch at 730. So I mean, have you been are you been practicing? What kind of a baseball player, softball player are you? You gonna win this home run derby or what? I'm gonna do my best. That, that is for sure. I got I'm gonna be fully cleared for softball activities by July. So Okay, good. We're um we're we're gonna send it, man. I, I'm really excited about it. I I think we got a couple aces in our hole on our team. Uh, we got a couple guys batting cleanup that might may or may not have you know had some college offers playing ball. So um you know I think we're gonna have a good time. I think we're gonna have a lot of good a lot of good baseball being played. Softball, excuse softball. me. Um, yeah. yeah, that weekend. When do the full rosters get announced? Because we know it's Team Ingold versus Team Decker. We're still working on it. Um, we're trying to craft it as best we can, balance it, right? You want to get the guys from those Rose Bowl teams. You want to get the, the guys from the OG Rose Bowl teams. You want right. to get young guys in the league right now. Uh, so we're just kind of trying to diversify our, our uh, team portfolio, so to speak. Um, and and we'll, we'll get it out here pretty soon. Uh, super excited about the guys that have already committed, already signed that little contract. So we're going to be rocking and rolling soon. Sam Decker, is he a legitimate baseball player? I know he loves the game of baseball. What kind of a loves? I, I think that's that's half the battle. If you love the game of baseball, you're automatically I think you're like automatically like 70% good at baseball. I think that's the rule. Yes. So I, I <laughs> so I think he's good. I think uh, I'm a little worried about the amount of athleticism on that basketball team. Um, but the one thing is it's it's an equal playing ground. None of us are probably, you know, really good at softball. So hopefully that Hopefully that benefits everybody. That's how'd that friendship with Sam develop? Obviously at Wisconsin, but uh, how did how did you guys first meet? Well, he, I mean, he works with you know the the agency that is setting the whole thing up. So okay. really, just got introduced to him through that, and you see his foundation, everything he's doing up in Manitowoc, Northeast Wisconsin guy, uh, very active on social media and Twitter, and and just had you know his baby, and he's celebrating mm -hmm. all of that. So it, it's cool to kind of see you know people from Northeast Wisconsin go to Madison go out and play and, and win championships in professional basketball and um, just do the right thing over and over again. I said that earlier, and I think that's what Sam does. So I'm a big fan, big friend, uh, and excited to see if we can beat the basketball team in, in a little softball. Let's, yeah, battle let's battle for Wisconsin. Battle the number four, Wisconsin.com, if you want to uh, get your tickets. That's in July night. Sounds like fun. Sounds like a really fun time, and you'll be raising money for, the, uh, for your foundation. So that's going to be – Fantastic. Well, hopefully this year uh, you get to throw a touchdown or I don't know why I'm all about that. Just because you were a quarterback, I feel like you probably want that. Do you know what? Just score however you can, I guess. Um, but we'll be watching you with the Miami Dolphins this season, uh, Alec. And um, 
I can't wait for it. Thank you for the time too, joining the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Go eat some Ian's pizza, man, that barbecue stuff, whatever it is. <laughs> man, it is, is a pleasure. Really excited to see people out for this Battle for Wisconsin game. Really excited to score a touchdown in by any means that run, catch, pass, whatever it has to be. We'll, we'll get in the end zone out in South Florida. <laughs> awesome, Alec. Could you hold on for just a second while I wrap the podcast up? Cool. No doubt. All right, there we go. Alex Ingle. That's going to be awesome. Battle the number four, Wisconsin.com for tickets on July 9th at the Duck Pond. We talked about Ian's Pizza a bunch. Oh, wrong side. There it is. Brought to you by Ian's Pizza with three locations in Madison, also Milwaukee, Seattle, and Denver. And you can go check out the classic mac and cheese pizza or whatever floats your boat with uh, Ian's. And we're working on our next promotion, so we'll let you know what that is. Thank you to me and Julio. That's also in Madison. Go try their margaritas Tuesday and Thursdays, $4 margaritas, wine Wednesdays on Wednesday. And uh, go check out the recap video after the podcast party at me and Julio when I had Dana Redkey on the show. JohnCastPodcast.com, that's the place to go pick up a T-shirt, Wisconsin sports-themed, or you can always uh, go find the latest um, – contests, giveaways, promotions I'm doing. Just sign up for my newsletter. I'm not going to spam you. It's all good. Just get there at johncastpodcast.com and sign up. Rate, review. I, I hate going through all this stuff. Rate, review on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you consume your podcast. That would help. Subscribe, YouTube. Just, just type in my name. You're going to find all this different social media stuff. And uh, thank you for supporting this podcast. Thanks to today's guest, Alec Ingold. And uh, thank you to, to you for listening. And we'll talk to you another time. See ya. <laughs>